You are listening to Astrology Today, coming to you live from the beautiful Sunshine Coast and Powell River, which is situated on the traditional lands of the Klahoma Nation. I will be your host, Maureen Reed, and I am just going to make sure that my co-host is available. Hi, Jill. Hello. Yay, we did it right. Success. So just as a wee backdrop to the folks listening, I did a international astrology Zoom drink like a fish Christmas party last night. And I'm still just kind of gobsmacked by technology today being, you know, the ancient person that I am. Um, Because I actually had a, you know, two longs and two short uh, phone ring box thing when I was a kid. (laughs) And now you can talk simultaneously to somebody in Helsinki, Sao Paulo, Michigan, British Columbia, and Australia. Just Well, I think that's a really imp- appropriate timing, given our full moon today. Ah, yes. Gemini Sag, that yeah. you can talk to all those foreign countries, and that those two planets actually trying, and, and the, the moon and Jupiter are trying in your your descendants so yeah yeah kind of yeah appropriate don't you think <laughs> uh, I, it is it is and speaking of that full moon it is today is also the day that venus is going to station she's already been in capricorn since ooh, way back in november um and she is stationing right next to pluto And so, you know, relationships and values and, you know, all of this stuff is going to be up for review until well into January. Um, Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, there's, you know, and so. And she couldn't, she couldn't let herself get very far away from Pluto. She's got to go back and give him another kiss for Christmas. Yes. Yeah, (laughs) she does. She does. It's just, yeah, (laughs) you know, so stuff is going to come out in, uh, you know, the next six weeks or so. Um, Yeah. And on a personal level, the group of uh, rising signs that we're going to look at today, um, they have this by not too many. No, no. Well, yeah, I guess some of them do have it by difficult aspects. Uh, but some of them, the, the Taurus and the Scorpios, they're getting sextiles and trines. So yes. their big reveals, you know, will be okay. But I think Leo and Aquarius, not so much. Not so much. They're no, not going to like this. Especially the Leos, it's an inconjunct for Capricorn. Yeah, and it's the 12th house for Aquarius rising. So the stuff that's going to come out of their closets, not so nice. No. Anyway, so what are we going to talk about this session is our fixed sign folks. And just for the cardinal folks from last week, um, I did go and redo uh, the graphics that I put up for you folks and uh, so that they're far uh, far easier to work with actually I'll just uh, let Jill have a look at how I've changed them uh, so this is what I did right yeah. yeah so and you can actually click on this get a PDF and download it uh, so that you know you can sort of make little notes And it also is just a quick primer on the meaning of the various houses. Uh, You know, obviously it's not extensive, but um, yeah. 
Yeah. So little reminders. Yeah, exactly. So with the fixed signs, um, their claim to fame are these folks, you know, whether it's your rising sign, your sun, your moon, or you've got a prominent stellium, a bunch of planets in one of these signs, you guys do the follow through. The cardinals get it going, but you're the one that gets it done. And so that's... Um, Some people might think of you as stubborn, but you can think of yourself as persevering. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So between Jill and I, I have, I, you know, sort of have captured the Scorpio component. I've got uh, four planets in Scorpio. How many planets do you have in Aquarius? Well, you have a Taurus moon too, though. Yeah. Your son is Aquarius. Taurus moon, it opposes my my, uh, Mars in Scorpio. Right. Yeah. Oh, she's got me beat for fixed signs. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and, and then I have my son in Aquarius, so yes, enough yeah. fixity. They're they're kind of in a T square. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So we love them to death. So that's Scorpio, Aquarius, Taurus, and Leo. So if you have them rising, that's exactly how I'm pitching uh, today's forecast for 2021. And on the first graphic that I have put up, it shows the signs that you can shake hands with in other words where it's easier if there's major astrology weather happening that handshake means you you can you can if you wish really make uh take advantage of that with the signs that you can't see this is where the trouble spots can be Um, and obviously with the fixed signs themselves forming a square like the cardinal signs you know sometimes aquarius stares across at leo and goes really or, you know, they get their nose out of joint with Scorpio or Taurus. Um, because, but those kinds of challenges are upfront and clearly defined. There's nothing uh, unknown about it. Whereas the signs that these guys can't see. So, for instance, for a Scorpio, sometimes Sages are a complete bafflement to Scorpio. I can claim that as being true. <laughs> Um, and, um, you know, they can't see Aries, but there is some affinity there because they're both ruled by Mars. Uh, Geminis can drive me around the bend. Uh, <laughs> and Libra, well, you know, I have Mars there, which is good. So I can understand fair. <laughs> but anyway, so there are, you know, so when the astrological weather hits these signs that you can't see, and that's... Um, this is a phenomena that was described this way by uh, the ancient Hellenistic astrologers and because uh, they had interesting optic ideas back then, you know, with their rudimentary science. that they were to the Vedic. And also Vedic, yes. They also look at it this way, yeah. So you can go to that first graphic, see who you shake hands with, who you can't see, and then the following graphics take you down to, um, you know, what each sign and, you know, the houses and the areas where the weather is going to take place. And so I will begin. And, um, you know, the obvious place that I will begin with all of these is with the big fixed square that has been um, kind of the biggest backdrop to our lives in 2020 and will continue through 2021 and that is Saturn in Aquarius squaring Uranus in Taurus. Ah. Ah, 
Yeah, exactly. So the fixed signs, we've been carrying the burden. Um, that tension has been coursing through people with strong fixed signs. Um, and I'm sorry to say that, you know, like, there, it's not done yet. Yuck. Okay, so um, the exact square or the exact squares will finish. The last one is just we're ramping up to it now. Um, Christmas Eve, like I would question. Jill loves the timing of the universe, but sometimes I think the universe has a really bad sense of humor because <laughs> this is New Year or Christmas Eve. It's like, come on, that's not nice. We've been patient. Anyway. Well, on Christmas Day, you got Venus kissing Pluto. Pluto. I know, I know. Yes, it's, it's, yeah, uh. last, last year we had that gift on the solstice. Of yeah. So, you know, it's... Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's oh, trying to get our attention. It's trying to get our attention. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so that tension for you fixed sign folks um, is going to ramp up again, unfortunately, through uh, September, October, because they... Those two planets, they don't come into an exact square, but they are within a degree. And it's kind of slow, and it lasts a long time, September through October. And that has to do with the whole phenomena of how the outer planets, as viewed from Earth, appear. They don't actually, but they appear to us to come to a stop and go backwards or forwards, yeah, in their cycles. So, yeah, that's keeping those two together for quite some time in September and October. Yeah, that happens when you have slow-moving planets. Yeah, yeah. And then if that wasn't enough for the poor fixed folks, <laughs> we, have, we have the eclipses moving out of mutable signs. So, you know, the Pisces, Virgo, uh, Gemini, and Sag are going, yay! And the rest of us fixed signs are going, boo! Because <laughs> the eclipses are coming into our terrain. So... Um, but let's look at where specifically this tension has been operating and um, what, you know, it's kind of more of the same, but still, let's just, I'm going to take us uh, with a walk through that. So for Taurus, this is Uranus in your first. And I suspect for Taurus rising individuals, uh, people in relationship with them are kind of going, just who are you and and and. Do you even know who you are and how you want to be in the world? And because I imagine they've been trying to make changes, which isn't easy for a fixed sign. And Taurus is considered the most stuck, would you say? Well, I mean, I, I th and also with Uranus, it can be that change is just being thrust upon them. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Because it, Uranus is sudden, unexpected. It's not yeah. necessarily something you plan yes you know. no exactly they may have had plan a and then life says no it's actually plan b yeah it yeah. is it is it is something that arises and it's like it, uranus likes to shake things up and most of us fixed signs do need a little shake up once in a while oh true true we get stuck really easily I yeah mean, we just yeah do. yeah so, so if in the long run it's a good thing but it's very uncomfortable comfortable. <laughs> Yeah. So have have a bit of compassion. Yeah, have a bit of compassion for the comfort seeking Taurus signatured rising moon sun people in your life, you know, because they're, you know, um, 
you know, I, there are some horror films, you know, where p- people are forced to morph into something different and it looks incredibly painful and that could easily be a metaphor for what the horse people are going through. They're kind of being turned on their head and they're trying to yeah. sort that out. Yeah. Sort that out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, and if that wasn't bad enough, <laughs> unfortunately, Saturn is in their 10th. So, you know, this this tension that that combination has been um, creating across the globe is literally running through them. And this has to do with how they want to be perceived, their reputation, what they're doing out there in the world typically is what the 10th house is about. And so, you know, that that, um, you know, if I am changing how do I restructure my life so that that's going to work? And, and you know, there'll be this tremendous desire to kind of clamp down and not have anything change. So, well, and yeah. with what's been going on, many people have lost their position. They've exactly, yes. Their, yeah. What they've known to be their position that they thought was maybe fixed. Yeah. Um, and, and that can, you know, that's yeah. throwing into upheaval you know I mean that yeah yeah and and so we 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 won't add the eclipses here quite yet just because those that are listening are going like they've probably just turned the radio off and I can't say I blame them (laughs) okay so that but I think the important thing to realize is that the change is necessary yes yeah you know things that happen are necessary they're not always comfortable and when the dust (laughs) does settle and it will settle eventually yes um, yeah you'll be better off yeah yeah and so that the first storms yeah so the first dust settling is next year hallelujah saturn will officially leave um by the end of 2023 uh and then uranus will be gone for good uh, by 2025 yeah so it it's it's a little bit more but (laughs) anyway okay so for leo um, the Saturn is in your seventh. And so, you know, you're looking at um, the structure of your relationships. And, um, you know, so it's a stress test there for partnerships um, can be, you know, you need to acknowledge those open enemies. Um, and uh, why? Because Uranus is in your 10th. And so world reputation, that's changing. Yeah. So. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and that, you know, that can cause all kinds of upheaval in relationships. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I, you know, I think, though, for Leo that, um, uh, you know, they can bring, of all of the fixed signs, Leo's probably if there is such a thing as adaptability within fixed, I would think that fire Leo is probably the most capable of embracing a change. Yeah. I think though that they, they like to have it be something they've decided they want. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And this, because this is not in Leo directly. No, you're not going to get that. It's going to come from outside and yeah. Yeah. No, that part they won't like. Yeah. No. No. no, they like to be in control, I think, quite often. Yes, yeah, yeah. Well, it is opposite Aquarius and Saturn. Because they like to look good. Well, that's true, that's true. 
<laughs> okay, so for Scorpio risings, sun, moon, uh, you know, Saturn is in your fourth, um, and uh, Uranus is in your seventh. And, um, you know, I can speak personally, kind of. No, not really. Well, yeah, I guess. I've had relationship <laughs> changes. <laughs> you know, I've, and my, my husband is definitely going through some major upheavals. There's no doubt about it. And in terms of what I'm standing on and my, I'm, I'm having to come to terms with the fact that my elderly siblings, um, yeah, another year and I may be looking at 2023 with two less siblings. That's, mm -hmm. you know, something I'm having to come to terms with. Because fourth house Saturn, that can also mean um, death. Family. Yeah. And family. Yeah. Yeah. So same for folks out there, Scorpio rising. Um, you know, the, the structural shift that's coming through partners is going to change what your home, real estate, all of that looks like. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Aquarius. This is Saturn in the first, uh, Uranus in the fourth. And um, yeah, I, I have a feeling, um, I know some Aquarius rising folks and um, yeah, I'm, I, I have to say that it's that, that lack of control um, with that much stress uh, is, yeah, it's got to be not very uh, pleasant. Yeah, I think one of the things about Aquarius is it's an air sign, and air signs tend to have a lot of nervous energy. Right, yes. So, so they can feel pretty zappy right now with, with the square from, from Uranus. From Uranus, yep. And they don't deal well, and they want freedom. They want. They don't deal well with the restric restrictions and limitations. Part yes. Of this pattern. Yeah. So. Yeah. So. They, yeah. They know, they want to be in control, self control, and, and, and in Western terms, Uranus rules Aquarius. So. Yeah. That part actually would be more comfortable for them in a, in a sense. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The the fourth house changing though. Um, yeah, that's. Uh, surprises coming through, you know, one's roots, literally could be real estate scenarios. Yeah. Well, yeah. sure. I mean, some people are going to be losing their homes. Through yes. Homes. Well, and yeah, and down in their income, they're going to lose their homes. Exactly. That and, uh, you know, you've got uh, rent things that have come off down in the States. So, Oh, and I just read a report here the other day where big real estate companies are s swooping in and buying up these um, mobile home parks and, you know, evicting everybody and, and raising the rents. It's like, come on. Wow. Yeah. And then up here, they're buying up mobile homes so that their workers in places like Salt Spring and Whistler actually have places for workers to live because the rents have gone through the roof. Yeah, so makes you wonder if we could take a poll of how many of them have Taurus on the fourth house cusp. Okay, so that's what Aquarians are looking for. Now, the eclipse piece just throws another element of chaos in. Um, at least that's what I'm getting from other astrologers is that Eclipses um, are unexpected changes or so with the North Node, it's um, 
it's more, and with the south node, it's less. Yeah. And so we have, where are the nodes? Who's, who's on the north? That's Scorpio, right? North is Scorpio. Yeah, because it's been in Sag. Yeah. So Scorpio north node, more of Scorpionic experiences and less of, but see, that doesn't even work because with Uranus and the south node, like how can you have less of explosive changes? <laughs> um, and the last, the, if the um, eclipse in November this year. Yeah. Was Taurus Scorpio. Yeah. So yeah, it, it was, was kind of like a preview of coming events in a sense. So yes, exactly. Shifting, exactly. Shifting now into this. And, and so, yeah, some, some people with those fixed signs rising will have already uh, experienced the first go around. Yeah. But there's more coming because that's where they're going to be for a long time now. <laughs> yes. Okay. So the eclipse um, dates are uh, April 30th, May 15th. And then you go approximately six months, and you've got October 25th and November 8th. And um, some of those, unfortunately, do line up pretty strategically with this Saturn-Uranus square. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if I personally had these risings, um, and I do have, well, and you and I both have some fixed stuff happening, you know, it you might want to just find the bunker and <laughs> you know <laughs> just kind of remove yourself from the what the chaos that's out there and yeah, yeah the, hunker the down kind of hits between my my moon degree in Taurus and my sun degree in, in Aquarius so. yeah yeah you might want to lock the door and just you know watch a really you know candy coated movie and Uh, not to frighten anybody out there. <laughs> so, well, okay. you know, but, but they're also the unfolding of. Oh yeah. What? What again? What needs to happen? Where? What we need to let go of at the south node? What we need to move more towards at the north? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That is. That's the modern day interpretation. The Vedic and the Hellenistic is more or less. Yeah. Less with the south node more with the north node. So obviously for Scorpio and Taurus rising folks, this is across your relationship. Uh, and, you know, if there's been any doubt that a relationship is not evolving the way it needs to, this could be the final straw that, um, you know, makes whatever needs to happen, happen. And mm -hmm. with Leo Aquarius, this is your 10th, 4th, and so, yeah, the whole job track, uh, if you can see what's going to work and you can, you know, take six months to radically make that change, go for it. Uh, yeah, because the stress to just keep the status quo, yeah, probably not going to be successful to hang on to that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then we have Mars. <laughs> So Mars is going to do, um, you know, and when I first was looking at Mars, you know, doing, you know, I was thinking like this past year when there was, you know, a few days when Mars would come into a square or an opposition to Saturn and Uranus and kind of 
uh, ramp up the tension, add fuel to it, um, you know, make it in some ways actually a little more dangerous. But this year, just with its orbit, because Mars takes about two years to make its trip uh, from our point of view around, um, it's actually going to come in direct contact with Saturn, and that's in April, and then uh, with Uranus in uh, like August, I think it's actually in July. And so these are direct contacts. This isn't by opposition or square. This is actual conjunctions. And so maximum uh, stress happening at that time. So, you know. And I think before, even before that, um, like at the beginning of the year, Mars is following behind where the sun has been. Yes. And so it's, it, it, the last eclipse in December, the new moon eclipse, total eclipse, was at 12 degrees Sag. So yeah. when, when Mars goes over that degree, it's going to yeah. trigger what's going on. You know, yes, getting- and it does that on New Year's Eve. Yeah, so, yeah. so that's... You know, these are interesting timing things as well. Yes. You know, like, yeah. why is this going on? That's, you know. Yeah. But it's yeah. Well, and, and do you know that the eclipse that's happening uh, in July falls, is it the eclipse? I was just listening to there's uh, for folks who really want uh, you know some more in depth on on you know well, the, the forecast. The eclipses were at the end of May and beginning of. Okay, Peter. so this must be just a full moon or a new moon or something or anyway. There's oh no, it's Mars changing going from Aries into Taurus on July the fourth, which oh, is okay. an echo of the January sixth of last year. Which do 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 do? That is just too bizarre. Well, and and as we were talking about before, when we were looking at those eclipses, the U.S. you know running up to its first Pluto return, yep. it's getting hit and hit and hit and hit on all these really sensitive points in its yes. chart. So it's it's kind of like get ready, get ready. <laughs> yes, you know, you're in this process. <laughs> you can't get out of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Okay, yeah. so for our, you know, fixed sign folks, um, mm-hmm. these stress tests that happen when Mars goes into Aquarius and then again when uh, it goes into Taurus, uh, those time frames, you know, there's going to be a couple of weeks in there. And when we come to our monthly forecast, we'll kind of remind folks about those dates, obviously. Um, you know, if, if you're not a happy camper, um, you know, put the knives down. <laughs> Um, you know, avoid the people that really push your buttons and, you know, um, stay safe. But the big thing for Mars, of course, this year is he's going to station and spend almost seven months in Gemini. And so, you know, fixed signs and mutable signs are typically in aversion to each other, but not entirely. And so I've run through where this Gemini is for each of you fixed signs, just so that you know. And what they're saying about Mars and Gemini is things are going to move really, really rapidly and madly off in all directions. And so depending on what house this is, now the one that I thought was the most striking is Taurus, 
because this is your second house. This is money. And Tauruses like to accumulate and hang on to such stuff. <laughs> so <laughs> the fact that that whole, you know, what's of value is going to go through rapid changes. And uh, Mars apparently is money moving, not money staying put. Yeah. So I suspect that, uh, yeah, they're they're going to experience that seven months as, you know, like adding more salt into an already <laughs> uncomfortable life. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, or they might take advantage of some, you know, wild new Bitcoin, something uh, or other. Yeah, I mean, it's, and, and the important thing is when it's retrograde is don't act impulsively. Yes, Good, yeah. very good point. Because very it's in Gemini, you need to think, and Mars wants to just act without thinking, yes. especially retrograde, and, and that retrograde can change to regret if you, yes. if you <laughs> act prematurely. So, so when it is retrograde, just make sure you're using your thinking yes. logical mind uh, and not letting Mars just yeah. run, run riot over you because, you know, that's not going to help. Yes, no, it isn't. Yeah. No so, <laughs> so the retrograde begins on uh, October 31st, and it's at 25 degrees of Gemini. And then it will stay retrograde until January the 12th, where it stations at 8 degrees. So that's the period of time where, yeah, you don't want to be doing the Mars-Gemini regret. You want to it's be... It's an interesting period of time because it's also when Saturn and Uranus are Yes, they're going to do their closest thing. Yeah. So, Darn. Yeah, <laughs> okay, there is some nice stuff coming, but yeah, for... Okay, so for Leo, this is your 11th house. Now, this is... This may not be much of an issue at all because Leo, or uh, the 11th house, is considered the most good fortunate house there is. Um, and so you might just have the Ferris wheel of groups and associations start rolling through your life at a tremendous clip, pause, and then roll backwards at a tremendous clip. And so, you know, it may have a bearing in your life and it may not. This is also the, the house of hopes and wishes. And so what you want and where you're going, it's okay if it just, you know, you're not clear and fixed on something that like you normally are um that you're just sampling a bunch of stuff yeah this might want to think again it's you gemini mm -hmm. you with friends um running your mouth could be a problem like speaking. true and and because mars can sharpen the tongue very much oh yes yeah oh good point thank so you for that, that. yes that something just to be aware of because you yes. don't want to alienate people by coming on too strong without yes. thinking. Yes. Ah, very good point. Excellent point. Okay, so for Scorpio types, this is your eighth house. Ah, this is not going to be fun. Um, <laughs> so eighth house is about, you know, things like death, taxes, um, inheritances, uh, regeneration, and shared resources, shared so resources, yeah, part be having, you know, marital difficulties. Yes. That could, uh, yeah. Could, yeah. Could be, yeah, yeah, divorce, alimony, all of that kind of stuff. So with Mars there, this will be tricky. This will be very tricky. 
Um, yeah, he may be fighting for it. You know, I mean, it, yeah, yeah. Mars is a, it's an aggressive planet. It wants action. Yeah, and, it wants and and it's quite Mars. happy to work with Scorpio. You know, like yeah, yeah. But it's still Mars energy, and it's I want. Yes. Yeah. And when it's in the eighth house, it's it's often other people and what yeah. they want too. So it's yeah, not. yeah. No, it's. Yeah, it, it'll be a little dicey. So Aquarius, this is your fifth house of play, if you can. <laughs> so creative self-expression, your children, uh, hobbies, pastimes, romance. Okay, so for the young Aquarian rising folks out there, remember this is romance. Do not sign on any dotted lines, especially when Mars is retrograde. <laughs> Like, this is not the get married in Las Vegas signature. I think that's good advice in all in all of these places. Well, that's true, but... Because it is Gemini, and Gemini does have to do with documents and agreements. And yes. So don't rush into anything when it's retrograde. It's pretty much like a Mercury retrograde in that, only it's got a lot of sharper edges. Yes, yes, again. Yeah, well said. Yeah, so, um, you know, like if you're... Uh, single, um, you know, you're going to probably have lots of fun, which might be kind of nice given the tension in the background, you know. <laughs> there might be a lot of play there. Yeah. Okay. Just, just think first. <laughs> yes, think first. If Yes. Because the impulsiveness of Mars can... Oh, yeah. ...over and that's... Yeah, know. yeah. It, it has no thought for... Um, rules or propriety or yeah no mars just wants to do yeah, yeah and, and that's true whether it's direct or retrograde but when yeah. it's retrograde you may regret later yes yes exactly and it is your fifth house so for people that are really young that could be pregnancy and yeah all that kind of good stuff okay so is there any kind of calm in this storm for fixed signs? Well, yeah, there is. So Neptune, who has been hanging out in Pisces since 2011, is about to, you know, share quarters with its friend Jupiter and then with its exalted ruler, Venus. And this is the month of April. So I recommend for all fixed signs, once Saturn has finished with its exact conjunction to Saturn, to just dive into Piscean waters, fill up spiritually <laughs> for as much as you can in order to weather the rest of the year. <laughs> God. Yeah, I think the important thing with that is the spiritual aspect. Yes, yeah. There, the, the the Piscean energy is lovely, but it also has the dark side that oh yeah yeah can pull you into you know dependencies and oh you mean they can't drink come on I mean well, they've had such a rough go again it's just it's <laughs> being mindful right yes yeah I know and that's I know. hard to do when you're you're underwater <laughs> <laughs> well and it does yeah and especially when life has been particularly tough on these folks for the last yeah, yeah. yeah. it's been it's been a rough go and people you know are they're getting tired they're getting tired falling, falling into escapism and stuff when it's yeah know, it's not yeah. out there let me let me you know yes disappear um you know just i don't it's and plus pisces sensitizes everything 
Yes, it right? does. It's yeah. such a sensitive energy. It's like having your nerve endings on your outside instead of your inside because you're just so sensitive to everything. The energy you. around you. Yes. So Jupiter, yeah. of course, expands everything. <laughs> and Neptune being in its own sign is yeah. sensitivity on sensitivity. So again, I think focusing on the spiritual aspect and mm -hmm. going within and touching into, you know, that part of yourself is really, really important in that time that frame. Period. April. This is April. You want April and May probably. Yeah. Um, with Venus there too, it also is, you know, that pregnancy that happens before the birth in, in, in Aries, right? So there's this energy there that is, um, you know, it's like you're gestating um, with that Venus also co-present. Yeah. So well, yeah, because she, she and Jupiter both go into Aries in yeah. May. Yeah, and so something's going to get birthed out of that April month. So yeah. for Taurus, the Pisces is your 11th house. So this is hopes and wishes and, you know, who who are your, who's your audience? Who do you want to hang out with? Um, and again, I would stress the gratitude, nourishment, um, and what is it that uh, you're going to try to birth in these chaotic times? Yeah, and, and finding people with whom you resonate. Where yes, where yeah, resonate. That's a good word. Feel. Yeah. Connected. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, yes. That's so important, and it it may not be a logical connection, but yeah, it feels right. Like yes, go with your gut. It's it's so important ah. to tune in your intuition. Again, going within. What yep. do I think? What do, what do I feel here? What what you know? Does this feel right? Yes. And if it yep. doesn't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> danger, danger. Yes. Okay, for Leo, Pisces is your eighth house. You may be asked to step up and be the midwife in, um, you know, times of things like divorces and death and, uh, you know, your your spouse may be going through, you know, dealing with a parent that's dying or something like that. Um, and so, you know, here's your opportunity to, uh, you know, have that spiritual support piece for them. Yeah, yeah. And the eighth house can be sort of a spiritual house anyway. I mean, well, yeah, a, if you're if you're midwifing yeah. death, that's pretty spiritual. Yeah, it, it deals with some deep stuff. And so, yeah. Again, that sensitivity, you, you also need to have sensitivity for others because the eighth yep. house is on the other side of the chart. Yeah, it <laughs> so it's is. Not just it is. Sensitive to what you need or want, but being sensitive to others as well. Yeah, yeah. And what they are going through. Yeah. The one I like the best is for Scorpio rising because this is Jupiter and Pisces falling in your fifth house. And so this is super excellent download coming from Neptune, Jupiter, and Venus to your creative center. And, um, you know, it would be a shame to waste it in, um, uh, you know, sort of drunken debauchery completely. That would be a, such a waste. <laughs> and so to just be open to allowing... Uh, the download to happen for your creativity. Now, for others, yeah. this could just literally be getting pregnant. Yeah. Yeah, 
but it's yeah it's also going you know going with letting the spirit move through you you know creativity doesn't come you know we don't come up with it it comes through us yes yes yeah this is uh, this is going to be a prime example of that where it's if you open up to it it's going to flood through oh yeah it's going to be wonderful yeah might not be able to keep up with you know how much all the creative things you want to do (laughs) (laughs) that's true that is true i have i actually have a girlfriend who is an artist, who does have Scorpio rising, is a Pisces. And oh. so she has all that Pisces in the fifth house. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to what she's, because she is open to being open. Yeah, to being yeah. that vessel. The other thing is finding a way to keep grounded in all of this. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Because, yeah. you know, these, yeah, you could get swept away. I mean, it's <laughs> another yeah. water image, but you can get swept away with that kind of energy in, in yes. any of the houses. Yeah. And so it's easy, it's important to find, again, within a sense of being grounded. Yeah. You know, breathing into your feet and feeling them on the ground and, you know, yeah. maybe doing some earthing to. Yeah, yeah. Actually get yeah, walking feet. in bare feet, going for a swim in the ocean. Yeah. Yeah, really yeah. getting in touch with what what does bring you down to earth, because you don't want to get just totally swept, swept away. away. Yes, good good analogy. So you know, if there's any threat of tsunamis, do make it to higher ground. No, just easy. <laughs> <laughs> we do live on the coast, so well, I, I had to throw that in. That. It can be like, you know, in the yeah. first time, it was a creative tsunami where you yeah. can just yeah, yeah. literally get overwhelmed. And so yeah. it's, it's, again, bringing yourself back to breathing and centering and yeah. grounding so that you're not, you yeah. know, just overwhelmed. Yeah. Okay, for Aquarius, this is uh, Jupiter and Pisces and all that good stuff falls in your second house. I'm trying to picture Aquarius trying to hang on to money. You would think they'd be just like really, really good at it. But hmm, having Pisces on your second house, it could sort of flow through your fingers rather. Uh, or maybe you just buy a lottery ticket. I don't know. That's got that's odd, you know, because I well, see I see know, Aquarians being very. Um, second house is also values. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's getting back to your spiritual values. Like yeah, Aquarius yeah, can, yeah. You know, it's being an Aquarian. You know, you can get too cerebral and, and too airy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so it's being in touch with your feelings, which isn't the easiest thing for airy people. Yeah, yeah. We like to think about them not going to them because they're messy. <laughs> So does that make, if it's your second house, though, because this is Aquarian rising. Yeah, um, I think it's about really focusing on your spiritual values. Right, yeah, like, am I contributing or am I just being goofy and greedy? Yeah. Or or also... Egalitarian. Egalitarian. Right? Yeah. That whole you know, feeling it and bringing it to you, not yeah. pursuing it, yes. but allowing yeah. things to come to you. But it's not necessarily possessions. You also need to focus on the spiritual value, you know. Is that what I value? Yes, exactly. Do I need 57 cars or, um, you know, 300 teapots or to yeah. continue to collect um, and Aquarius, yeah. with Aquarius, it'd be, you know, I need more 
more um, could be books, eh? Communion wow. with other like-minded people. Yeah. You know. Yeah. That's what I value, right? Yeah. Not, yeah. Not possessions so much. Yeah. But you know that connection with other people and and you know again that empathy. Yes. And, yeah. Yeah. Making the, that discernment. Okay. So we do get, of course, Jupiter does pivot into Aries from May the 11th till October 27th. And so this is, um, you know, it's taking that download and then birthing it out into the world. And Jupiter in a fire sign, it can relate to fire energy because it also rules Sag. And so it can just... Well, I don't know if explode's the right word, but it can definitely get things moving. And so uh, for Taurus, this is going to be probably a bit of a pain in the butt because it's 12th house. Um, And, uh, you know, so stuff that Taurus may have been secretly stashing in the basement that it never wants anybody to realize is there. Jupiter's going to come in and (laughs) reveal it all. I would think, maybe, you know. Uh, so things that can contribute to self-undoing uh, for Taurus. Yeah, particularly, I think, because Mars is going to be moving with Jupiter there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. So you're not just dealing with Jupiter energy in, in Mars' sign, you're dealing with Mars energy in Mars' sign, and Jupiter's magnifying things. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. Oh, so yeah. Taurus, if you have anything hidden, give that up before May. <laughs> Because it's coming out. <laughs> okay. Yeah. With, yeah, you could, yeah. Yeah. You could overdoing things or, or pushing too hard. You can shoot yourself in the foot. Because it is yeah. self-undoing. So, yeah. Yeah, being, yeah. Again, you know, those two planets are very, very impatient. They oh, yes. Yesterday. Yep. And, yep. and Jupiter was more of it yesterday. <laughs> and so it's it's not getting again carried away with that energy of yes yeah i have to i have to do it now (laughs) okay so for leo this is getting up on the pedestal this is ninth house uh espousing the way the truth and the light um yeah be careful that you don't put yourself in such a spotlight that you attract way too many daggers and whatever yeah this one could well, be tricky, Ninth House, I Leo. Think it, yeah, you can also get into a, a very sort of um, overzealous. Yes, um, yeah, that's, yeah. And, and a sort of messianic almost kind yes, of thing yeah. in the Ninth House. You know, my beliefs are the only beliefs. And, yeah, weigh the truth and the light. And yeah. I'll fight you over it. And I'll yeah, fight you. and I'll fight you over it, yes. Yeah, so, yeah, I think yeah. that's, you know, again, the sharpness of, of Mars with yeah. Jupiter. So um, maybe take up fencing. I think, you know, <laughs> yeah. tops, you know, you might want to travel, but again. Yeah, yeah, can you? And yeah. That would probably be last minute planning kind of thing. And yeah. Just, yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there, there's, again, we're dealing with that impulsiveness. With yes. Own yeah. house. Now that's like all bets are off. Yeah. Galloping. <laughs> Galloping, exactly. Jupiter so for- likes to gallop. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. Okay, with uh, Scorpio, this will be your sixth house. So burnout, overdoing, um, and yeah. 
you know, like sort of the fiery aspects of ill health. Um, so this would be like fevers and infections, injuries, and injuries. yes, accidents and accidents. And yep, yep. With Mars, you always have to be mindful that, you know, not Yeah, those safe. knives are sharp. <laughs> and running too fast, you yep. can... Driving too fast. And, you know, yeah. You've got to yeah. you know, be mindful of your environment. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So our last one is Aquarius. And this is I think third that house. The other thing with uh, the sixth house. Yeah. Is, is focusing your that all that abundant energy on service. To yes. Others. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Just, oh, yeah. That that's, can, that's a really positive use of that that How energy yeah in a positive way to benefit as many people as possible that is true that is true okay with aquarius this is third house i believe yeah 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 third house and so this is siblings uh this is uh you know short-term local uh, travel. It's also learning, dexterous type skills. Uh, so this could be actually quite nice for Aquarius. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think you know when it's the third and the ninth house, it, learning can be a big one, and Jupiter yeah. loves to, you know, again expand their horizons and learn more. Yeah. But Mars, Mars can just again sort of make it to. Too jumpy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, what would be a good activity? The patience to go deeply enough into it to really learn it. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I'm just thinking of, uh, you know, what kind of hobbies and or skills. Um, you know, it it what strikes me immediately, of course, is the one that my husband is pursuing, um, and that is, you know, working blowing glass. So there, you've got the fire and the expansiveness of blowing glass, right? I mean, that would that would fit with a third house activity, yeah. Well, I think also with third and sixth house both, it's, you know, being, you know, hiking and outdoor activities yes. that really yeah. get, you know, moving your body is, yes. is really important because that Mars energy is, it's, it's energy. It wants to move and Jupiter just ramps it up even more. Yeah. You know, it's almost like you've got endless energy. And you may have in the short term. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you, again, you want to, hopefully there's other things happening that will help you channel it. Yeah. But, but yeah, being active will be very important because if you're holding, if that energy isn't able to move, then you will get sick. Yeah. Or in the third house, you will have little accidents and yeah. 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 So that, that, all that kind of thing comes from energy getting blocked, not being able to move when it wants to move. And yeah. this energy to move Mars and Jupiter. Yeah, totally. And Aries. <laughs> okay, so our last piece here, I'm pretty sure, is that uh, Pluto in um, Capricorn, who has been there forever since 2008. Of course, right now. Yeah. <laughs> so right now it's, um, you know, it's in its last throes of Capricorn. Um, and right now, of course, Venus is there with it. So for Taurus rising, this is your ninth house. And so the structures of uh, what you believe, you know, where you're, 
where you're aligned with, all of that has been evolving, uh, transforming, and obviously will continue to do so. And with the Venus piece right at the beginning of the year here, uh, you may find your allegiances in relationships in terms of philosophy, belief systems, religion, spirituality, all of that kind of stuff is shifting. Uh, you know, their lines are changing and being redrawn, and yeah. Yeah, yeah and, and, and if, you know, it's nine. You got to be clear about your truth. What's yeah, your truth? Yeah. You want, you want, if there's lies being told, you want to, you want to dig them up yeah. and get yeah. underneath them. And, yeah, and exactly. Find yeah. the truth. So for Leo, this Capricorn is your sixth house. If you have been, you know, slowly grinding your way through any kind of health issue, uh, it's not over till it's over. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's time to go, okay, what is of value? Um, you know, what, what needs to come to the surface and be let go of? Um, it's also self-improvement. It can also be, of course, being of service. And if you are in the service industry and you're Leo rising, then that those structures are changing. And, you know, you will be required to, you know, kind of make with the changes or step away. Yeah, it's... Well, it's, yeah, Pluto's always about letting go. Yeah, yeah. What is no longer serving you in it. You know, yeah. it's not an easy process, and this is... Yeah, this could be difficult, has, yeah. It's been working its way there through there for quite a while, but it, it is a process. It's, you know, yeah. Pluto's a very big process. It doesn't just happen overnight, as we can see. Yeah. Um, oh. But it's important. It's digging deep. It's going down where you wouldn't normally want to go. Yes, yeah. And so in service to what you value, yeah. Okay, with Scorpio, Capricorn is uh, Scorpio rising. This is your second house. Um, and again, uh, this is that whole possession thing and how you, how you structure your life around what it is you value. Are you hoarding? Are you, um, uh, you know, have you... Is third house, Scorpio? Oh. Cap Capricorn? Yes, you're right. Thank you. Yeah, okay. Yep. Thanks for that correction. I appreciate that. <laughs> Cancel. <laughs> Erase. <laughs> okay, with third house, this is the structure of how you are in your community. And this is small community versus standing out on the stage. It's also the structures around your sibling. Oh, I don't like this one. Yeah. Yeah, because this is me and yeah. my siblings. Yeah, and you may be letting go of siblings or other yeah. relatives. Other relatives, yeah. 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 No wonder I wanted it to be the second house. <laughs> yeah, okay, but that's not going to be true for all Scorpio rising people. It will be probably, you know, community, that close family unit. You know, there'll be things that are changing in that venue. Oh, yeah. sure. And it's been in there for quite a while. So it's not something that's happening suddenly. Yes. Yeah, you exactly. Know? Yeah. Yeah. It's not a sudden unexpected kind of thing like Uranus would be it's more of a yeah yeah like you process you're, you're, yeah it's like me I've got older siblings you still have to process the yeah grief and yeah letting yeah go and yeah exactly all that kind of stuff it's yeah it's, yeah it's 
an easy process with Pluto, but yeah. And so relationships with siblings in general doesn't have to be like in my case where it's elderly. It could be just that, you know, certain parts of your family system, they've changed, doesn't work for you anymore. You know, there is a separation and a letting go even just at a literal level rather than, you know, somebody literally passing. Sure. Although Capricorn, you know, tends to be connected with age, so. That's true. That's true. Yeah. 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 Okay, fine. It's all those old relatives. (laughs) Dang. But again, you know, when. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it is old people. You're not surprised. (laughs) Yes. No, that's true. That's true. Pluto represents the, the ending. Yes. Okay. Endings always herald new beginnings. That's true. That's true. It's you know we think of death as an ending. It's the ending of the physical body, but oh, on their level, they'll be quite happy to go. Absolutely. Yeah. It's the rest of us. Hello. It's the rest of us that don't want to lose them. (laughs) We're letting go of of, you know familiar and having them around. Yeah down and chat <laughs> <laughs> she's being so happen. prosaic <laughs> okay this i need i need to cut in <laughs> we've got one last one to do and we've got almost less than a minute okay so okay. aquarius capricorn is your 12th house that which is hidden since 2008 has slowly erupted and burbled to the surface and um, your, your spiritual relationship and how honest you are with that is probably the end game here. Um, hopefully, or it could be that you're finally let out of prison, uh, 12th house, uh, or that you, <laughs> you know, you've resisted and now you're going into prison. <laughs> There's that possibility too, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. And, and the more you can dig out the uh, stuff that uh, does undo you, the better off you're going to be. Exactly, exactly. Very good point. Okay, 56 seconds. So thank you, Jill. And next week we will be waxing eloquently uh, on a taped show for the Mutable Signs. Um, and in the meantime, you have been listening to CJMP 90.1 FM, Powell Rivers Community Radio Station. And thank you, Jill. And we will talk to you all next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.